Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, the premiere of City SC this year has energized soccer fans throughout St. Louis. And one of the things that people are doing is podcasts. For example, our guest right now is Jake Koenig. He is co-host of Ball Watching. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Great to be here. Well, tell me how your podcast got started and what you're up to. Yeah, podcast got started. I think it was a couple of years in the making. I uh, had moved to Kansas City for a couple of years right after college and wanted to get more into MLS. I was always a big soccer fan, and I decided to support sporting for a little bit, which is ironic now considering where we are today. But uh, I always wanted to channel that passion into something, and I felt like I had something to give in terms of trying to help people get more you know, informed and excited about this new sports franchise coming to St. Louis. So when we, I heard we got awarded a team, it felt like the right opportunity to, to jump on that. So we started in April of 2022 and get, got everyone kind of up to speed as to all the news going on before the team hit the ground here in February of 23. So you've been in Kansas City and St. Louis. Yes. This big, fun rivalry we have already with one game. But, you know, it's it's even before the game. It was people were talking about it and the whole debate over soccer capital. It is St. Louis, by the way. But I'm curious, from your perspective – having lived in both cities. I mean, what can you tell us about the fan base in KC? Yeah, and I'll be fully un- unbiased. I, I enjoyed my time there. They definitely care a lot about their their soccer and their sports in general. It's, it is another great sports town. Uh, when you think about soccer capital, I definitely unfair to say that they, they are that. They're definitely passionate, and I would say more passionate probably than most MLS fan bases, uh, especially in the Midwest, you know, they just kind of have that going for them. But the, the experience in terms of going out to Children's Mercy Park and going to watch the games, you know, being so far away from the city, I think it kind of detracts from that a little bit. And I never enjoyed having to go make that drive because I lived in like the downtown part of Kansas City. So uh, a great fan base and they were a lot more successful when I was there. So it was a lot more fun for sure. But um, definitely I see some similarities and I think that's why you see this rivalry kind of pop up as people just really, really care about soccer uh, in these two respective cities, but only one of them could be a capital. How would you characterize your podcast? Would you say it's a fan podcast? Yeah, I'd say it is a fan podcast. We do take it pretty seriously, but we like to have a lot of fun too. So I'd say we, you know, we do previews and recaps for every game. So usually twice weekly. And we also do special guest interviews, kind of trying to 
pull on the strings of, you know, special guests in in the St. Louis kind of community that are maybe loosely affiliated with the club, but maybe not. We've had people like John Mozeliak on and talk to him about what St. Louis means. We talk, we've had Robert Thomas on from the Blues and talked to him about, you know, the Blues and also his connection to soccer. We see them playing, you know, juggling in, in the tunnels before games, which is fun. Uh, and we've talked to, a, you know, a player from St. Louis City SC, uh, John Nelson. We've talked to a bunch of people. We have an interview coming with Gerard Kraft out, who's the chief flavor officer for the club. So unique perspectives as well. So that's kind of tying in. Chief flavor officer. Yeah. I like that. Uh, that's a great That's a great thing. It sounds like you're getting some good gets on your yeah. podcast. Those are uh, big names there. Um, let's talk about the team a little bit in t- from your perspective. No one could have predicted how this team started as an expansion franchise. Uh, it must have gotten excitement going for your podcast. Oh, 100%. I said this before, the the rising tide lifts all boats for us. That first couple weeks, that first stretch of that that win streak was immense for for both the team, the fans, and for us as well. It was so exciting to get people on board and listening and tuning in because they just wanted to find a place outside of match day and these wins to go and hear about you know players' performances and you know what to expect from certain people and why things are working the way they're working. So uh, it really it blew up for us that that first couple weeks span. We were in Austin for that opener, which was electric, and then you know all throughout March was so much fun. And then I think we got hit with a little bit, a little bit of reality in April. Well, the name of your podcast is Ball Watching, so we should talk a little X's and O's here about the sport and the game. After that first wave of wins that City had, came back down to earth a little bit. What do you think other teams saw that they might have been able to plan for? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I feel like, and I've seen in a couple different places, teams kind of starting with Minnesota, kind of got a feel of a blueprint for how to play successfully against us. And I think it started with letting us have possession of the ball and try to force our own chance creation and not rely on pressing and mistakes and opposition pressure to to create those chances. So giving us possession was one thing I, we saw change. Minnesota is used to having possession, but they definitely let us have it in that first game. And then also avoiding the simple, stupid mistakes that we saw that carried us to a couple goals in the first stretch of games. And then finally, giving us a dose of our own medicine, I feel like we started to get where we, you know, we're losing second second balls in the air and, and 50-50s. If they win them, they're going direct on goal, which we love to go direct. Once the ball is won, we have the least amount of passes in the MLS by far. So we don't waste time. We love to be right right going down towards the goalkeeper and, and being direct with our chances. We Now we're seeing teams kind of do that to us as well. So those three things are kind of what I I started to take away as teams are starting to kind of copy each other's homework and try to do this against us. But they haven't completely flipped the script because City is winning. I mean, they're back to to winning. And, you know, it depends on whether they're playing a really good team or a mediocre one. The results could depend somewhat on Mm -hmm. that. Playing at home makes a difference, of course. But clearly the team has adjusted. And this is all without Klaus, which is amazing to me because that guy is a superstar. Yeah, we've had to fill the Klaus-sized hole in, in this team, and we've done it by committee, I would say. You've seen the the eruption of Indiana Vasilev as this creator now. He's been elevated up higher to the pitch, and um, we're, we're getting goals from different players. We have multiple goals, I think, from the most amount of players in any team in the league. So we're, we're doing this by committee, by group, which is so unexpected for this team and how it was assembled. Is We're not going to have the superstars. We're going to have everyone that's balanced and playing towards the same um, tune of the drum. So I, I've been really excited to see us be able to play without him, but I am really excited to have him come back as well. And, of course, we cannot 
talk about the team without Roman Berkey's name being mentioned because his goalkeeping has kept the team in multiple matches. Yeah, and I, I, w- I came up as a goalkeeper too, so I have the utmost respect for him. I always uh, appreciated his abilities playing at, at Dortmund, and then when he came here, I knew that he would be our, you know, maybe not our best player, but our most consistent player given his experience and how professional and of a leader he is. And he, he has shown every bit of quality. He has kept us in games. He has won us games. He's given us points already that we could only dream of. So if he can continue like this, you know, he is being paid the most as a goalkeeper in the MLS and people have their doubts about that because that's usually not a great idea. But look at the value he's provided for us and the leadership as well. So he's a great face of the club and uh, it, it'd be great as a young player to have him in the back between the sticks, you know, kind of directing and giving you advice. And look at the guy that's got, you know, hundreds of, of, of you know, Bundesliga and Champions League appearances and, and, and Swiss national team. He's got such an important role in our team. I'm so glad he's here. You said you came up as a goaltender, yeah. goalkeeper. Where? Yeah, so I'm actually, so I'm from here. I'm from St. Louis, born and bred. I've been in St. Louis basically my whole life besides that brief stint, like I mentioned, in Kansas City. And uh, I came up as a goalkeeper through St. Louis Scott Gallagher. Uh, Tim Kelly was my goalkeeper coach, who is now at St. Louis City SC as the, the City 2 goalkeeper coach. And he's trained a, a couple goalkeepers that are just crazy, crazy good, and especially in the MLS right now. You see two of them playing against each other, I think, last weekend uh, with Nashville and Columbus. So uh, great program, and it gives you different perspective of the game, you know, being in the, in the back with all that pressure, and Roman carries it very easily, and, and he looks the part. Uh, I, I was not that. I was a little bit shorter as well, so I did, didn't have the most success as that, but I learned a lot in, in, in about the game, and that's definitely, I feel like you see a lot of coaches and, and staff come up through that position because you have a different perspective of the game. And I, I, I just, I loved it, but I would have loved to have made it as a field player if I had the skills. Just wasn't for me yet. Yeah, I played forward or midfield, okay. and I, I enjoyed that. I, you know, when I would go in goal just for practice, um, I re- quickly realized why I didn't want to play goalie because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want one hundred mile per hour balls being kicked yeah. into my head. <laughs> you get a little older, and it gets a little scarier yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right, so later this season, there's the League's Cup. What is that? Yeah, the League's Cup is a new kind of like North America continent tournament, and they've tried different versions of this before. This is the newest installment of it, but it's going to feature all the clubs from MLS and Liga MX in Mexico, and I think there's 47 total teams, and there's going to be 77 total matches, and it's a World Cup-style formatted tournament. So from July to August... Uh, we'll, we'll be playing in that first in the group stage. So if we get eliminated, it could end up being, you know, a couple weeks of rest time for these guys, which I'm sure everyone would appreciate, but we'd also love to go a little bit further here. So we're, I think there's 15 groups of three and two teams, the winner from Liga MX, winner from MLS, MLS last year got buys, and the rest of those 45 teams play in their group play, and the top two from those groups of three advance on. So uh, it becomes a round of 32 right after that group play. And then from there on, it becomes, you know, a World Cup style tournament. So very exciting. It, I, I'm excited to see us stack ourselves up against some of the best in uh, the country just south of us who produces some top talent as well. So it'll be really exciting to try something new and, and take a little bit of a break, almost the halfway point of the MLS season. And it's a natural rivalry because U.S. and Mexico have a longstanding rivalry mm-hmm. when it comes to soccer. Speaking of that, the Gold Cup is coming to City Park. That is cool. 
I didn't know that this was happening. I oh, mean, yeah. I knew the Gold Cup was happening. I didn't realize they were going to be in St. Louis for some matches. Yeah, so we we did get awarded the June 28th slot. So the U.S. will be coming here uh, on rotation in the Gold Cup to play against a determined opponent right now. So that'll be TBD. It probably will be one of those games, Scott, where you're looking at a lot of goals, hopefully coming from the U.S. here. It could be a fun one, a lot of fireworks. But how cool is that to have our country's national team coming to our, our, our backyard? We've already had the women's national team here. I could really see St. Louis becoming a focal point of home fixtures for the national team, given how we show out for the sports that we see here. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to be a great, great home for this team to play some meaningful games in the future. Yeah, we don't know the opponent, but I would say have a memory here because didn't Trinidad and Tobago knock us out of the World Cup qualifying? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think St. Kitts and Nevis or whoever we're playing, <laughs> don't overlook them, please. No, no, absolutely not. We're going to take them seriously, and I hope I hope it'll be just be a fun night uh, out at City Park supporting the red, white, and blue. Jake, uh, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on this team as a whole, mm-hmm. because I've done some stories and I've been, you know, amazed at the community outreach of City SC. And uh, you sent me some some notes about yeah. your thoughts on it, so I want to hear that those. Yeah, that, that's one of the things we try to do the, on the podcast is cover it a little more holistically too, not just what you see on the pitch on Saturday nights. And that's and for me, I think it starts on the on the sporting side. So everyone kind of thinks about the first team, and that's just really one pillar of the whole their whole sporting vision. The first of those is the community, and I think they came in wanting to start more grassroots and back it up to the community first. Let's get kids access to the game first, and so that starts with things like soccer one on one sessions and way to play sessions, where coaches from the from the club actually get to uh, have sessions with you know young you know seven to fourteen, five to fourteen age uh, boys and girls, and get them access. To to, to the game and put these in places where we may not see that access right now and get them, let's see who who really could take this seriously, who could make the next step. And then we get them into our academy starting at the U14 level and they funnel their way up if they're really serious about it to City 2, which we saw on display last season. They're still playing uh, this season as well and then eventually to the first team. So I just like how a lot of these franchises get started and they really just focus on let's go out and win MLS Cups. Let's go buy the best players we can buy and, and let's just go put an exciting product in the field. And we're doing that and trying to improve at the base. Um, that's really starting in the community. So I really appreciate that in terms of sporting. But we do so much other stuff in the community as well. And there's so much to highlight in terms of accessibility, um, which we're working on providing at City Park. It's one of the most accessible venues, working with organizations like Hidden Disabilities, Sunflower, to provide a good experience to those types of fans that might have you know, hidden disabilities that may need to have some, some different um, modifications made to their experience. We talked about food. We're taking that really seriously. Uh, of course, at this club with the St. Louis food scene that we have with Gerard Kraft as the flavor officer, I think we have 24 local food vendors in the stadium right now. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And they're also giving tickets to people who are representing charities and nonprofits throughout the city. Each game, there's a section for that. So that's another layer of the community outreach. and. Mm-hmm. The pillars of the valley. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, where and I didn't know this, and maybe like I learned a lot when I was doing all this research for this podcast. And where the stadium is is in the Mill Creek Valley neighborhood, which was historically uh, an area that was predominantly a black neighborhood, where a lot of the the residents were displaced. Uh, you know, in the name of you know urban renewal back in the 1950s, 
and to pay an homage kind of to this happening and, and to make sure people are understanding history and, you know, are aware of what's gone on to, to make this happen. We have those pillars. I don't know if you drive up there, if you pass it, there's these black pillars and it's kind of like a little shrine and it's not done yet. Uh, that kind of just tells that story and in a meaningful way. And I think for us just to build the stadium there, you know, you could, you didn't have to do that, but them, you know, deciding to bring in a legitimate artist in Damon Davis to make that sort of, um, you know, memory for, for us all to make sure we, you know, look at what's happened in the past and, and are aware of that. It's phenomenal to see that the club really cares about the community. And I don't think you see this very often. This just isn't the way a lot of clubs go about starting. And I really appreciate the ownership taking that seriously. Yeah, that is definitely cool. Jake, uh, where can we find your podcast? Yeah, you can find us on really any of the podcast streaming networks. You know, your most common Apple and Spotify, probably the biggest ones for us. We also do video recordings of our podcast on YouTube as well. Uh, at Ball Watching STL is the handle on social media and YouTube as well. Uh, so we do those, like I said, twice weekly, usually on Wednesdays and Sundays, preview and then recap. Usually a lot of fun having on Sunday mornings over some, some brunch after what's hopefully been a fine win. Uh, but you'll catch us there. All right, Jake Koenig, thanks so much for joining us. The podcast is ball watching. Thanks, Scott. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.